1: of United Lodge No. 8, Brunswick, Maine, presenting to you volume 55, No. 10, October 1977, Good and Wholesome Instruction. This short talk is based on the assumption that what every new initiate needs is individual instruction about the meaning of the ritualistic activities he has recently participated in, because he undoubtedly is perplexed by the multiplicity of events, the unusual language, the veiled or incomplete interpretations of the symbols called to his attention, and by the rapidity with which all these new impressions came to him. He is probably confused. He undoubtedly has questions, some of which he cannot formulate precisely. Therefore, the time to help him understand his first steps in masonry is as soon as possible after he has been initiated, and definitely before he is passed to the degree of a fellow craft. This requires, of course, that some devoted and well informed brother will undertake to instruct him in a quiet place free from interruptions of extraneous allurements like TV, where one Mason can speculate with a new Mason to bring him further light about the light which was imparted to him in the initiatory degree. This, the oldest and most effective method of teaching, will help the lodge to make a Mason instead of a mere member. The teacher can begin his instruction with a review of the initiate's petition. With a sample petition in his hand, he can make clear to the entered apprentice why certain of the questions were asked. Masonic law is the reason for those which have to do with possible previous Masonic membership. Those having to do with the mental, moral, and spiritual qualifications of a candidate are asked to assure the Lodge that the petitioner is a good man who will improve himself in Masonry. The question about belief in deity, of course, is to determine the individual's adherence to the only dogma of the fraternity. Other questions are asked to establish the identity of the petitioner, a requirement made in every well-managed and well-regulated organization. Next, the teacher may review the constitutional questions which the candidate had to answer before he was admitted to the lodge room. Why were these questions asked? before providing an explanatory answer for each question, it would be well to ascertain whether the entered apprentice really understands such expressions as unbiased by improper solicitation, "distinguish between proper and improper solicitation, or uninfluenced by mercenary motives, and the mysteries of Freemasonry. The mysteries are simply the ritualistic ceremonies, so-called because the medieval mystery plays were performed by guilds, or Mr. S. Be prepared to explain the privileges of Freemasonry. What are they really? One, of course, is to be active in the lodge. At this point, the teacher can also clarify to his pupil the why and uses of the initiation fees, dues, and assessments of the lodge. He is entitled to know. In explaining the mysteries, the ritual of the first degree, the teacher will find that a combination of asking questions and offering explanations will provide variety. Asking questions stimulates the candidate to do some thinking, a necessity for his better understanding of Freemasonry. How were you received into the lodge? The teacher can amplify the answer if the entered apprentice's reply is only partial. He can also explain the nature of symbols by commenting on the symbolism of knocking on the door. The point of a sharp instrument is really only a symbol to emphasize the prick of conscience characteristic of every truly moral man. Next, the teacher may review the second step of the entered apprentice's progress into the lodge, which required him to attend prayer, making sure that his pupil knows what such words in the master's prayer as vouchsafe, our present convention, and do, and a competency, etc., really mean. The teacher can then point out that in the very beginning of the initiatory experience, the entered apprentice is required to acknowledge his belief in deity, and that his aid is solicited for committing the new mason to the principal tenets of the craft. Brotherly love, relief, and truth. In the beginning, God. Since the candidate was also conducted around the altar, the teacher may now explain to him the rite of circumamulation, a Latin word meaning to walk around. Circumamulation is that Masonic ceremony in which initiates walk completely around the altar, in imitation of the primitive sun and fire worshipers who encircled early stone altars with fire upon them. Masonic circumamulation, therefore, has some religious significance. It proceeds from east to west by way of the south, or clockwise, the direction in which the sun, the god in the sky, seemed to early man to travel. It would also be helpful to the entered apprentice's understanding to know that the scriptural reading, which accompanied his circumambulation, has a purpose in masonry's ritualistic instructions. The passage used in the 133rd Psalm, a song of wisdom to express the joy of brotherhood. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. The psalmist tried to express that joy by similes, drawn from the practices of the ancient Israelites. One was the pouring of a fragrant oil upon a guest in a household of harmonious brothers, so that the pungent fragrance brought pleasure to all in the room. The other was the joy experienced by every farmer or keeper of a vineyard when he beheld the rain and the dew which come down from a high mountain and bring moisture to the parched fields and thirsty vineyards. The concord of kindred souls, says the psalmist, is like that wherever brethren dwell together in unity. Brotherhood is masonry's purpose. The entered apprentice should understand that the scriptural reading is intended to emphasize that purpose. Next, the teacher may explain to the entered apprentice the reasons for the interviews at the stations of the principal officers of the lodge, primarily for inspection and examination. It would be helpful, however, if the instructor first makes sure that the entered apprentice is aware of the meaning of some of the questions in those interviews. What are the rights, light, and benefits of a lodge? Why is it dedicated to the Holy Saints' John? How is a candidate duly and truly prepared, spiritually as well as physically? What is meant by being a man, not merely a male? In a similar manner, the teacher may then review the instructions for the approach to the East explaining the moral significance of an upright step and the meaning of an oblong square, an archaic expression for rectangle, but making sure first by demonstration and by the entered apprentice's imitation that he can perform that footwork without hesitation. In teaching the entered apprentice the meaning of the first degree, nothing needs more emphasis and explanation than the obligation. That is what makes him a Mason, but only if he understands that he has made a commitment, a promise, a solemn pledge to do certain things in a certain way for the rest of his life, not merely in words as he speaks them ceremoniously. To do this thoroughly, the teacher should review the master's explanation to the initiate before the obligation. For in those words, the master sets the tone of a Masonic initiation as a serious and solemn business, announces the essential purpose of the fraternity, and assures the candidate that a Masonic obligation will in no way compromise his beliefs and ideals. Although the master's remarks are not difficult to interpret, the teacher should make sure that the entered apprentice understands every word in the context in which it is used. Commitment without an understanding is impossible. The entered apprentice should be able to define and demonstrate that due form in which he took the obligation. The symbolism in that ceremony should be explained to him especially if he has no symbolic interpretations of his own to offer. Then the obligation should be reviewed word by word, phrase by phrase, sentence by sentence, paragraph by paragraph. The entered apprentice should be able to define every word therein. He should also be able to explain in his own words what he promised in each part of the obligation. To stimulate his thinking, he could be asked to name some modern methods of preserving information, some not mentioned in the obligation. The penalty of the obligation should also be explained as being a symbol only, derived from the past, since the only penalties imposed by Freemasonry are reprimand, suspension, or expulsion. In a similar manner, the teacher should review with the entered apprentice the ceremony of light, emphasizing the Masonic meaning of light the three great lights must also be explained as symbols, as well as the three lesser. In the case of the three great lights, the teacher would help the entered apprentice's understanding if he had the actual objects at hand for the entered apprentice to hold and to handle. Just as in a review of the presentation of the working tools, the entered apprentice will understand more thoroughly if he can hold a 24-inch gauge and common gavel in his hands. Tactile impressions last longer than visual ones. Instruction in the way and manner of exchanging the grip and word of an entered apprentice should be done by physical participation, with the teacher explaining the use and meaning of each word. What was Boaz? Why the repetitious questions and answers? In reviewing the presentation of the apron. The teacher should be well prepared to explain the historical importance of honors like the golden fleece or star and garter, for the comparative primacy of the Masonic honor, the apron, is lost without that knowledge. The right of destitution, when the entered apprentice was required to deposit something of a metallic kind, should be given great importance in a review of the first degree. This ceremony was performed to teach the new Mason that he is required to be charitable, especially to a brother Mason. It also re-emphasizes the Master's pronouncement about Masonic promises. They can never be repudiated or laid aside. In the hands of an understanding Masonic teacher, the rite of destitution becomes a springboard for an inspiring lesson about the Masonic tenet of relief, which includes not merely alms giving to a needy man, but also the generosity of participating in fraternal activities, the ability to think well of other people, and the patience to forgive and forget the transgressions of one's careless brethren. Real tolerance is also an act of generosity. Throughout his review of the subsequent parts of the Entered Apprentice degree, the teacher should emphasize the symbolism of the ritualistic acts. Although the ritual itself offers an interpretation of how to wear the apron, the northeast corner, the speculative uses of the working tools, etc., a good teacher will translate the language of the ritual into modern words and will amplify the interpretation by using more illustrations drawn from history or everyday life. His whole purpose should be to teach the entered apprentice that masonry is the activity of closely united men who employing symbolical forms borrowed principally from the Masons' trade and architecture, work for the welfare of mankind, striving morally to ennoble themselves and others, and thereby to bring about a universal league of mankind, which they aspire to exhibit even now on a small scale. Indeed, that should be the outcome of any teaching about the mysteries of Freemasonry. A consciousness which leads the new brother to understand that he has participated in ceremonies which have increased his appreciation of the great ethical and spiritual ideals of mankind, and that in the presence of God and his brethren, he has committed himself to their exemplification and constant practice. But it cannot be taken for granted. The new brother needs and deserves good and wholesome instruction.
0: This is Brother Michael A. Smith, a voice for Freemasonry, and this has been the Short Talk Bulletin podcast, produced in cooperation with the Masonic Service Association of North America for the purpose of providing a common stock of vetted Masonic information to all of the constituent lodges of all of the member jurisdictions and is made possible through a generous grant from the Grand Lodge AF&AM of Minnesota, who have been engaging and inspiring good men who believe in a Supreme Being to live according to the Masonic tenets of brotherly love, relief, and truth since 1853.